Hey everyone, thank you for checking out our podcast here at Victory Hill Church. Over the next few moments, our lead pastor, Aaron Begley, is going to share an impactful message with you from the Bible. We hope that it will encourage you to connect with God and connect with others. Good morning. Hey, go ahead and just give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise. I am so pumped to be with you today, and God is doing some amazing things inside of our church. Even in first service, I had a young lady come up to the altar at the end and say, man, I just want to give my heart to Jesus Christ. Like, he's doing some things inside of me. Can you just give Jesus Christ praise for that? That is our mission. That is what we are here for, is just to shine like the brightness in the heavens. Hey, good morning, and if you are visiting with us, welcome to Victory Hill Church. We are so glad that you are here and that you are a part of our services today. And if you are visiting, I hope that you find a place that's warm and welcoming. But I hope more than that, I, find, I hope that you find a place that you can call home and that you can experience the life of Christ then and that you would be, consider becoming a part of our family. And so if this is your first time or your first time in a long time, my name is Aaron, and we are so honored to have you as our guest today. Um, it was a good day yesterday. Anybody excited that Big Ten football was back? It was a good day, right? So you got to watch some Big Ten football. Ohio State won. You guys had a cupcake. Cupcake game. Yep. And Michigan won too. So we're all excited this morning. Everybody's good. Um, funny story a little bit. Um, so one of my goals in life is to train up my son in the way he should go so that when he's old, he won't depart from it. And that includes being a Michigan fan, okay? So Landon is six. And uh, we were um, eating lunch yesterday, and we had the Ohio State game on. And Landon looked at me, and he said, hey, Dad, who do we cheer for again? And I said, we cheer for Michigan. And he looked at me, and he goes, okay, Dad, do we cheer for Michigan and Ohio State? And I was like, bud, we do not cheer for Ohio State. My six-year-old looks at me, and he says, well, Dad, that just doesn't make sense. We live in Ohio. So I had to be quick. No, do not clap for that, okay? No, 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 no. I'm offended by all of you today. So, so I had to think quickly on my feet. I'm going, how am I getting out of this one? You know, I mean, he's got me pinned into a corner. I got to get out of this. I got to make sure we stay on the right track. And I said, bud, we may live in Ohio, but we as a family, we like to stand out. We like to be different. And so we are Michigan fans. And my six-year-old looked at me and he says, okay, dad, that makes sense. So I've survived another week and I, I got to get through another season. Um, this is going to be a long, hard road for me, I think, you know, but uh, right now we're still on good ground, you know, so it's exciting that football's back, but I'm so more excited even just about you being here today as we jump into a brand new series, as we finished up the book of Daniel last week, we're jumping into a brand new series entitled Ghost Stories. And let me just kind of lay out what this series is really all about, is we are going to explore the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of our lives that wants to be alive and active inside of you and inside of me so we can experience the fullness of life that God has in store for each and every one of us. And so in this series, there's kind of this foundational scripture um, that we're going to be using. And it's found in the book of Acts. It's found in the book of Acts chapter 19 verses 1 and 2. But let me give you a little bit of context. Maybe you're here and you're like, Aaron, I don't know a lot about this Bible thing. You know, like this just gets confusing at times. So the book of Acts is found found in the New Testament. So last week, the last series, we were in the Old Testament. The, the book of Acts is found in the New Testament. And the, the New Testament starts with four books known as the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the Gospels are the life, the ministry, um, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's absolutely incredible. And if you have never really dived into reading the Bible, open up your Bible, read the Gospels. It'll come to life, and you'll be amazed at the power of God inside of your life. The fifth book in the New Testament is known as the book of Acts. Or sometimes you may hear it as the Acts 
of the apostles. And what the book of Acts is, is it's actually a historical book, as it is kind of the record of the beginning of the church. And when you open the book of Acts, what you see take place in Acts chapter 1, is you see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost inside of people's lives. And this really was the birth of the church, the power of God at work inside of the earth. But in Acts chapter 19, we are like, we're, we're many, many, many years down the road from that initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And look at what Paul says in Acts chapter 19. And this is a little bit of my concern for the body of Christ and for those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Paul says, while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. So he found some people in Ephesus that have confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're in a right relationship with God. They're disciples and they're followers of Jesus Christ. And it says, he asked them, did you receive the Holy Ghost when you believed? And they answered, no. We have not even heard. They didn't even know about this Holy Ghost, this Holy Spirit, that there is a holy ghost. And my concern is, is I think there's many people in the body of Christ that kind of have a misperception about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost that they really haven't fully understood or even heard about what this individual, this person in the Trinity of God wants to do inside of their life. I would say it this way. There are a lot of people who are followers of Jesus Christ. They're disciples, just like Paul found. They love God. They've put their faith and their hope in Jesus Christ. They're going to heaven, but yet they have not experienced the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost inside of their life that brings to fulfillment all that God wants for their life. And so when we talk about the Holy Ghost, I want to be very clear up front, is that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost in our lives, moving in the fullness of that inside of our lives, is not a condition of whether or not you're going to go to heaven. That that's putting our faith and our hope in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and what his son did on the cross for us. But I do believe there is a fullness of life that God has for every believer in Jesus Christ where he wants to pour out his spirit inside of our lives and he wants us to experience all that God has for us. But here's the problem. I think the Holy Ghost has gotten a bad rap. I think the Holy Ghost has been associated with things in the body of Christ that's made people kind of push away from this Holy Spirit, this Holy Ghost, where they're not really experiencing all that God has for them. So for me, growing up in the church, I've kind of always been around this. I've always heard about the Holy Ghost. But growing up, the Holy Ghost didn't make a lot of sense to me. And here's why. Here's one of the reasons why. It's growing up in church, to be honest with you, anything that was associated with ghosts was a frowned upon. I mean, like, you know, we had individuals that would come into the church. I, I remember this one guy, I, I hated every time he came to the church because he was this individual that would like, like take shows and cartoons and movies and he would like show like all the bad things in them. And so every time he came, like, like I was not allowed to watch like any of the cartoons I had ever started watching before, you know? I was like, man, I don't want that guy to come to church anymore. And, 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 you know, and part of that, like, so like, I remember like growing up, like he came to church, Scooby-Doo was out the window, you know, like there was ghosts in Scooby-Doo. It was like, you can't watch that. I remember in eighth grade, like the very first time we kind of went like on a group date. I'm not sure my parents knew it was a group date, but it was a group date. And, and we went and watched the movie, uh, Casper, the friendly ghost. And like, I'm sitting in the theaters. I'm like, oh man, like this has got ghosts in it. Like I should be really worried about this and stuff like that. And so we had this perception in the church that ghosts were bad and, and things were bad. And yet we would show up at church and they'd be like, hey, have you heard about the Holy Ghost? And I'm like, no, I don't want to know about the Holy Ghost. That's spooky. Like, I, like a ghost, I'm supposed to be scared of that thing. And if it's a ghost, it can't be something that's actually good for my life. 
And the truth is, is kind of a, maybe a funny illustration that is, I think there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that are afraid of the Holy Ghost. They've put up barriers to this concept that, that there is an individual in the Trinity that wants to be alive and active inside of our life, that wants to fill us up. And so we've become afraid of the Holy Ghost, and it's for numerous reasons. For some of you, you've had a bad church experience about the Holy Ghost and the working of the Holy Ghost, or, or maybe you saw it function in a way that you're like, man, that really put me off. And so you've kind of put up this wall, and you're like, I don't want that in my life. Like, you know, God I'm good with, Jesus I'm good with, but this Holy Ghost thing, leave me out of that. For some of you, maybe you just grew up in some really bad theology about the Holy Ghost, or, or you watch something on TV, and you're like, man, if that's the Holy Ghost, I'm out, I'm done. And I think the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit inside of our life, has just gotten a really bad things attached to it. And, and it's just simply not true. And so I think we have to recenter ourselves to, to fully understand what the Holy Ghost wants to do inside of our lives and the power of the Holy, the Holy Ghost inside of our lives to live the life that God has called us to live. And so over the next several weeks, what I want to do with you and what I hope you'll lean into and open your hearts up to is to go, man, God, I want to experience all that you have for me. And I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to open up my mind to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit inside of my life so I can live the fullness of life that you have for me. And here's what I believe. I believe that if we'll do that as followers of Jesus Christ, that your life and my life will be better when we embrace the Holy Ghost, we embrace the Holy Spirit inside of our lives, and we allow him to be alive and active in us. Because the Holy Spirit has an important role to play in your life. He has an important role to play in my life. And guess what? We desperately need him in our lives. And if there's ever been a time in our world and in society that we need the Holy Spirit, that Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us, it's now, church. And so I pray that over the next several weeks that you'll open up your hearts into your life to all that God wants to do. And so here's what I want to do today is I want to introduce you to the Holy Ghost. I want to introduce you to the Holy Spirit. And the way that I want to do that today is in this first part of this, is I want, you, I want to help you understand his nature. I want you to understand the characteristics of the Holy Ghost inside of our lives. And one of the clearest ways to understand the nature of the Holy Spirit involves the word spirit or ghost itself. And so you're going to hear me intertwine those two words. And here's why. Um, it gets translated in one of two ways inside of your Bible. So if you grew up in a church that was like a King James only church, or you're like a King James James only person, your Bible is always going to say Holy Ghost, okay? Like every time you pull it out, it's going to say Holy Ghost inside it. If you're reading in a new translation, it's often used as Holy Spirit. And so you'll hear me intertwine it, but it's referring to the same person. And here's the thing, is that when this word got translated into the English version, I actually think the, the translators had a dilemma with this word. For most words in the Bible, I think it's like, it, most of them are just so spot on. But in my opinion, this is one area where I think the translation does not serve the word well. I think we've lost some context in the translation, and it doesn't do the word Holy Spirit justice because it really doesn't tell us who he is inside of our life. Now, this word spirit appears in the Bible about 800 times, and it's found in both the New and Old Testament that we have this word. And so let me give you a little bit of teaching, a little bit of theology here for a moment. If you don't understand this, that in the, New, the, the Old Testament is written in the original language, and that is in the Hebrew. 
And the, and the, the New Testament is written in Greek. So we have Hebrew and Greek. And so we have this word spirit in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And what I want to do is I want to look at it in its original context because I think that begins to give us some clarity on the, the role of the Holy Ghost, the role of the Holy Spirit inside of our lives. And so in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, the word for spirit that they translated this word to is this word right here. Let me show it to you. It's ruach. Ruach. And this is the Hebrew word. And here's the definition. A wind, breath, a violent exhalation, a blast of breath. And so anytime we see the word spirit in the Old Testament, it's referring to this word ruach. And it's a wind, a breath, a blast of breath that kind of flows in. And so we see this in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 in the creation story. Here's the first time it's ever used. Here's what it says. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the breath of God, was kind of hovering over the earth. It was this very breath that spoke everything into existence, that made everything come to be. And the Spirit of God, the Ruach of God, was hovering over the waters. Now, when you begin to understand the context of that word ruach, maybe you begin to understand why they had a little bit of trouble translating this into the English word. Because it doesn't make sense to say Father, Son, and Holy Breath, right? Like, it's kind of like, oh, that doesn't really work, you know? So they're like, okay, where, how, where are we going to get this? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That this word spirit in the English translation is this word ruach. We see it again in the New Testament. And so in the Greek, the word for ghost or spirit is not ruach. It is this word. It is pneuma. And so in the Greek, the word translated spirit is pneuma. And it's a current of air, a blast of breath, or a strong breeze. We see this when Jesus in John 6, verse 63 says this, the words I have spoken to you, the words that we find in the Bible, they are full of the spirit. They're full of the breath. They're full of the life of God. That's why the words on the pages of your Bible, that's why they are alive because they were the breath of God breathed into them. And when we read this thing, all of a sudden they become alive in us because it wasn't just some words that were written down. It was the breath of God that spoke these things into existence and made things come alive for us. And that's what I want you to experience in your life. What I want us, my heart, my desire, my prayer for us is that we would experience the Holy Ghost in such a way that it becomes a breath and a wind into our life, that it doesn't become something where our Christianity becomes stale, where it just becomes mechanical, where it becomes robotical and we just kind of go through the motions, but that there's something on the inside of us that begins to become a breath of fresh air, a blast of breath that makes this whole relationship with Jesus Christ come alive, and that's the role of the Holy Ghost inside of your life to make this relationship with Jesus Christ vibrant, alive, and active. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit inside of my life. Can you give Jesus Christ an ovation of praise in this place? Come on. And so I think one of the best ways for us to fully understand the nature of the Holy Ghost is to simply look at the characteristics of wind in the natural sense. So we all understand wind when it comes to the physical sense or the, the natural sense. We all understand that. And then to see how that parallels with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And hopefully what it does is it begins to make you a little bit more comfortable with this concept of the Holy Ghost. And maybe for some of you, you've always thought it's kind of mystical and it's kind of out there and spooky and all these other things. But I think if we begin to see it in the natural and we begin to apply it to the supernatural, I think we'll get to a 
place where we get comfortable with this Holy Ghost in our lives, and we're going to open up our hearts and say, God, if you have it, I want it, now pour it into my life. Amen. And so here's the first characteristic I want to give to you today if you're taking notes. And this is a characteristic of wind. It's simply this. Wind is unseen. Wind is unseen, isn't it? Like if you walk out of this place, one of the things that Victor Hill is known for, I mean, if the wind is blowing outside, you better hold on to your hat, your umbrella. You might blow away on this hill. But you may walk out of this building today. And as soon as you open those doors, you may just get a little bit of wind, that kind of, that kind of little gush of wind. And you might think to yourself, man, that feels good. You know, maybe it's a little warm in here for you. And you're like, man, that wind feels good. Or you're going to be like, man, that's, that's, that wind is strong today. But the wind is unseen. Like you don't know where it's coming from, but you're going to walk out these doors and you're going to experience something. And you're going to think to yourself, that kind of feels good. And when you say those words, let's just be honest. No one's freaked out when all of a sudden you feel like a gush, a gush of wind. And you're like, man, that wind feels so good. Nobody looks at you and goes, man, that person's crazy. What do you mean wind feels good? I don't see the wind. But can I tell you, why is it then in the body of Christ that when you experience God and you're like, man, that presence of God felt so good in my life, sometimes people look at us and they're like, man, that person's weird. What's going on? But the wind is unseen. The Holy Ghost is unseen inside of our lives. But I want you to understand this. While, his, while he is unseen, I want you to understand this important truth that God's presence is to be felt and experienced inside of your life. It's to be felt and experienced in our hearts and in our souls. It's something that we can come into. And we, though the Holy Spirit is unseen, it should be something that's felt and experienced. Honestly, you want to know what my prayer is for you every single Sunday as you gather here inside of a church? You want to know what I pray with our elders in our back room? I pray that the Holy Spirit would show up and that he would impress things inside of your life. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be the one that moves inside of your life, that you would feel him and experience him, not because you like the music that's being played, not because of something that's done that's cool inside the building, not because you get to hear this incredible preacher preach every Sunday. I pray, no, no, don't, no, I don't want any hand claps for that. I pray that you would feel the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of your life. And that you're like, man, I don't even know what else happened. But man, I felt the breath. I felt a breath of fresh air come into my life because I've gathered in a place and I have worshiped God. I pray that that is the very thing that impresses you as you gather in this place. I pray that you'd have a moment inside of the message or worship where all of a sudden in your heart and in your spirit, you're like, man, I feel the presence of God. Because God is alive and active. I get to sit here and talk to a young lady who gave her heart to the Lord with tears in her eyes. And I just looked at her and said, man, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit inside of your life. That's alive and active. You didn't know that you had this void inside of your life until the Holy Spirit began to move inside of your life. And you began to feel a breath of fresh air as the God that loves you began to wrap his arms around you. You see, we see this in John 14, verse 16. And in this passage of scripture, it's uh, known where it's the discourse, it's 14, 15, and 16. It's known as the Last Supper. And so Jesus is sitting with his followers, and, and he doesn't have much time left with them. This is the last meal he's going to have with them. In a few hours, he's going to be taken away. He's going to be judged in front of Pilate. He's going to be crucified, and he's going to be put into a grave. And in the last moments that Jesus has with his followers, with the disciples, he says, you know, there's some things that I need to tell you about. And the majority of this conversation that we're going to find in John 14 all centers around the Holy Spirit. It all centers around, hey, I need to give you some wisdom for your life. There's something that you need to know that there's about to be some events that are going to happen. But I want you to have peace inside of your heart because I'm about ready to send you one who's going to bring a power into your life that's going to help you to live out the fullness that I have for your life and empower you to share the good news with 
with all those that are around you. And he looks at his followers and says, I don't want you to be afraid, and I don't want you to be scared of this, but I want you to embrace it. Even though you're not going to be able to see it with your natural eyes, I want you to be able to embrace it inside of your spirit. And looks what he says to him in verse 16. It says, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate. So in some versions of the Bible, you're going to see comforter because this is what the Holy Spirit does. He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He wants to help you and to be with you forever. And this is the awesome thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Can you imagine as the disciples are hearing Jesus talk about this, they're probably thinking to themselves, God, Jesus, why do you have to leave? Like, life is pretty good because here you are right by my side. And yet Jesus in that moment believed for those disciples, those ones who got to experience life with Jesus, that life would be better for them when the Holy Ghost showed up. And that same Holy Ghost is available to us. And Jesus believed back then that life was better for the followers of Jesus Christ if he left and he was no longer physically present with them because he could send one that was going to be a helper and a comforter to you. And this is something I'm telling you, if you believe in Jesus, this is something you want to embrace because this is something that he has so much for you. And he says, he'll be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world, here it is. Wind is unseen. The world cannot accept him. People who don't know about this, they can't accept him because they neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. Why? Because he lives with you and will be in you. So while wind is unseen and the Holy Ghost is unseen inside of our life, he is with us. He is in us. And my prayer is that when you gather, when you watch online, when we come to the house of the Lord, that we would feel and experience the presence of God inside of our life and that we'd have an encounter with Jesus that would bring some fresh air into our lives every time we are in his presence. The second thing I want you to understand about wind is this, is that wind is unpredictable. Wind is unpredictable. That wind has this ability just to kind of start shifting on you in a moment's notice. If you've ever played sports, if you're a field goal kicker or you played soccer or baseball, I mean, when we play baseball, we throw grass in the air to say, hey, which way is the wind blowing? Like, let me, let me see what's happening. In one inning, it would be blowing this way. In the next inning, it's blowing somewhere else. And you're like, okay, I got I to figure out this wind because why? Wind is unpredictable. And this is a problem that we have sometimes with the Holy Spirit inside of our lives because we don't like this part of God. Like, we want God to kind of fit in our structure, in our boxes, in how we see life. And the truth is, is God doesn't do the same thing. He doesn't do everything the same way every time. And in our nature, we get into this way where, like, God, I want you to do it the same way you did last time. And God may show up in your life one way today, and he may show up in your life another way tomorrow. God may do something in this moment, and he's going to change the way he does it then. And here's why God does this. So this is the reason that he does this, is because if he does things the same way all the time, you know what's going to happen? Is you're going to come to worship the system and not the God who is the God of the system. You're going to be like, oh, man, that's my system for experiencing the presence of God. And God goes, no, 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 no. The Holy Spirit inside of your life, he is so unpredictable because I don't want you to build up the moment. I want you to understand that I I am the God of those moments. And can I tell you, in the body of Christ, sometimes we get so attached to a way that God moves that we miss out on how he wants to move next inside of our lives. We see this in John chapter 3, verse 8. It says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. It's unpredictable. You hear its sound, but you, can t- you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone that's born of the Spirit who fully embraces this, that the wind of the Spirit, the, the nature of God is a God who is unpredictable. We see this all throughout the Bible. We see it in the book of Genesis when, when God shows up to a man by the name of Moses. He shows up in a burning bush, and he talks to Moses, and he speaks to him. He says, hey, I want you to go back and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. 
But you know what? We don't see Moses then everywhere he goes looking for another burning bush. He didn't go, hey, I better go find a bush to see if God can talk to me today. Maybe God's going to have to talk to me through a bush because God never actually talks to anyone else. We have no record of God ever talking to somebody through a bush again. But God still spoke to Moses and he did it in new ways and in different ways and shapes and form. And you need to understand this about the nature of God and the nature of the Holy Spirit. He's unpredictable. We see it in the New Testament. There's this story where there's this blind man and this blind man's friend decides that he's gonna bring his friend to Jesus because he's seen Jesus heal people who couldn't see before. And so he brings him to Jesus and he says, Jesus, can you lay your hands on this blind man so that he can see? And you know what Jesus says? Nah, that's not how I'm gonna do it this time. And we have this account in the Bible that seems crazy and out there and so unpredictable. Like Jesus spits in the dirt, he makes a mud pie and he begins to roll it around and then he puts it on this blind man's eyes. Can you imagine being the friend that brought that guy? Like, I don't know what Jesus is up to today. Jesus, I, I was asking for your hand to be on him, but you know what Jesus said? He says, I don't want you to get attached to think that's how I'm gonna move every time. I don't have to just lay hands on him. I can just speak things into existence. I can do it through a, a pile of mud that I put on their eyes. I can lay my hands on you. I can stand at a distance and my Holy Spirit can be at work inside of your life. The nature of the Holy Spirit and the nature of God is unpredictable. And can I just say this to you? Be careful not to put God into your system. Be careful not to put God into your box into your structure, into your system. We need the presence of God inside of our lives, but understand that his presence and the Holy Ghost inside of our life is unpredictable. And let me just say this to those who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, do not regulate the spirit of God to a Sunday morning only experience. You know what I think we've done too often inside the church, at least this was the perception I had of it growing up inside the local church that I went to, is that, man, I had to come to church on Sunday to experience the presence of God in my life. And guess what? The presence of God is meant to be experienced Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And then we get the opportunity. You can give Jesus praise for that in this place today. Come on. But we get to gather on Sunday and hopefully get filled up, get up again. And then Monday continue to be filled up and filled up and filled up and encouraged and encouraged and encouraged. And we should be able to experience the presence of God because his Holy Spirit is in us and with us everywhere we go. And he is unpredictable. So do not put him in a box and do not think he's going to move the same way every time in your life. The third thing you need to know about the wind is this. is not only is it unpredictable, we know that wind is powerful. It's powerful. It has this ability. I mean, just think about wind in and of itself. It can generate electricity. It can sail a ship, and it can destroy a city. Several years ago, maybe some of you were on this trip with us, but we had the opportunity to go do some disaster relief in Alabama when the tornadoes came through several years ago. And I'll never forget, as we pulled into this church that we were going to stay at, it was in this little community called Hueytown. And at the church, everything looked like it was okay. We're like, man, what, what's, I mean, has the tornado even really come through here? There's a few trees down. And we went about a block in, and all of a sudden, it just opened up, and it looked like a time bomb had hit this whole community. Everything was leveled. There was trees down. There was no home standing. Everything was absolutely destroyed because here's what we know about wind is that wind is powerful. And here's the truth about your life and my life. We're all gonna experience some things inside of our lives that you are not in your own ability gonna be able to fix. You're gonna go through some hardships. You're gonna go through some difficulties. You're gonna go through some relationship issues. You're gonna go through some struggles inside of your life. And we can't distance ourselves from the power of God because of how it has been packaged. We have to say, God, you are a powerful God and I need you in my life because I need you to work in these situations. And so I'm gonna open up my life to the Holy Spirit because God, your spirit is powerful. In Acts 1 verse eight, we see it this way. You will receive power 
There's a power that he wants to give you when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes on you. Can I tell you this? The power of God is mission critical to your life. The power of God is so mission critical to your life and my life. It's critical for your family. It's critical in your job. It's gonna be critical in your marriage. It's gonna be critical in the emotions that you experience inside of your life. You need something that is bigger and stronger and more powerful than you. And that is the Holy Spirit at work in our life. He is a wind, he is a breath. And what we know about wind is that wind is powerful and that this Holy Spirit has the ability to breathe into your life, to to put a little wind in your sails and propel you forward into all the things that God has in store for your life. The fourth thing I want you to understand about wind is this, is that wind is refreshing. It's refreshing. You ever got the opportunity just to sit out on the ocean and get the ocean breeze? I don't know about you, but it's one of my favorite things to do is to be by the water and, and to be in the sand. And it can be like 100 degrees. I mean, it can be blazing hot. But if there is some wind coming off that water, you're like, whoo, that is so refreshing. That just fills me back up. And can I tell you, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to be inside of your life. He just wants to be that breath of fresh air that when life gets a little overwhelming, when things begin to get a little difficult, that there's just this breath that breathes into your life. And when you go through days where you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it through the end of this day. I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this season of life, that there's a breath of fresh air that just breathes into your life and that you're gonna begin to go, man, I can make it through this journey. As difficult as it is, I can make it through because there is a wind of the Holy Ghost that's breathing into my life, and it is extremely refreshing. And so the truth is, is that these are really the characteristics of wind. And as you've gathered here, your perspective on the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is probably all different. It all probably has to be to do with your background, what you've seen, what you've experienced inside of your life. But here's the thing is I think if we'll all open up our hearts to the Holy Ghost, that Holy Spirit, this wind, this breath that he wants to breathe inside of our life, it's not mystical, it's not spooky, it's something that is so real and practical for each and every one of us, and it's something amazing for each and one of us to experience. In Ephesians 4 verse 30 in the message version, the Bible tells this to us. It says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you. This is the breath he wants to breathe in you is the most intimate part of your life that the Holy Spirit has the ability. It should be the most intimate part of your life. I'm not saying we're all there yet, but this is something that we can all have inside of it. The most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. And in the body of Christ, I don't want us to take this gift for granted. I don't want to take for granted what the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit wants to do inside of our lives. So how do we not take it for granted? Let me give you three things before we close today. The first is this, is you need to let go of fears and misperceptions. Let go of fears and misperceptions. I don't know what your background is. And over the next several weeks, I I think the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit's gonna wanna do some things inside of your heart and in your life. But the only way that you're gonna experience all this is if you begin to let go of any fears and misperceptions you have about this person, this individual, it's not an it, it's a person of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit inside of your life. For some of you, you may need to let go of some bad theology that you were taught. For some of you, you may need to let go of some bad church experiences that you had. Maybe you need to let go of some things that that you once thought about the Holy Ghost and open up your heart and your mind to what he really wants to do inside of your life. And so how do we do this? How do we let go of fears and misperceptions? We let go of any thought or anything about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit that's not based on the word of God. And I'll just say this to you. 
Don't even take my word for it. I think you need to dive in. You need to explore it and open up your heart to say, hey, God, what does your word say about this individual in the Bible? Because it's clearly stated in the Bible that there is a Holy Ghost and there's a Holy Spirit inside of our lives. And here's what I think will happen is if you'll open the word of God and you'll use this as the truth, it's, it's the breath of God inside of our lives. I think what you'll discover about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit inside of your life is it's not outdated. It's not unbiblical. It wasn't for a time back some two thousand years ago. It is for your life and my life here and now, and it's alive and active and something that we can embrace and let it be active inside of our lives and experience all that God has for us. And so we got to let go though, those fears and misperceptions, if we're going to open our hearts to all that God has. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says it in a great way. We need us to trust God about this. What's his word say? God, I'm going to trust God from the bottom of your heart and don't try to figure out everything on your own. Don't try to put all the pieces together. Read the word of God, open it up, see what it says about this Holy Spirit, this Holy Ghost, and begin to embrace it inside of your life as you let go of fears and misperceptions. The second thing is this, is we need to go all in. Go all in, go all in. And this is really just about our relationship with God in general. And this is the struggle a lot of us have. Are we fully gonna embrace all that God has for us? Or are we only gonna embrace some of what God wants to do inside of our lives? And the problem that I so often see in the church, let me get out my soapbox just for a moment and I'll get off it pretty quick is this, is instead of going all in, we try to fit God in instead of going all in. We try to say, well, God, I'm, I'm, I'm all for you if you fit inside of my structure or my schedule or my little box. God, I'm all for you if, you if you'll do this in the hour and 15 minutes on Sunday mornings. God, I'm all for you if this fits in between my kids' schedules and my life schedules and my work schedules and all the dreams and aspirations that I have for my future and my life. God, if it'll fit all into that, then God, I'm all in with you. But this isn't what he asks of us. He says, I want you to go all in. Stop just trying to fit me into your life. Embrace all that I have for your life. And he says, if you'll do this, man, I'll take you on a journey like you have never experienced before inside of your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says it this way. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with half your hearts, a quarter of your hearts. No, no, no. He says, you'll seek me with all of your heart. When you decide, man, I'm gonna go all in with this thing. And you won't fully discover who God is inside of your life until you go all in with him. And your life will be better when you go all in. When you decide God here is all of me. You know a great prayer that we all could pray is simply this. It would say this. God, if you have it and you say I need it, I'll take all you have for me. God, if you have it. It's you, so you say it's available, it's, it's a gift that you have for me, and you say I need it inside my life, God, I'm opening my life, then I'll take all of it that you want to pour inside of my life. This says, God, I'm going all in with you. God, I want everything that you have inside of my life. The fourth and final thing is simply this, or the third thing is this, is not only that do we need to go all in, we need to develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Ghost. Develop an intimate friendship with the Holy Ghost. Because this is the role he wants to play inside of your life. He doesn't want to be distant. He doesn't want to be far off. He wants to be inside of our lives. He wants to be active inside of our life. He wants an intimate friendship with each and every one of us on a personal level. Maybe you're sitting here, you're like, Aaron, how, how can he be with this person and that person and with me at the same time? That's the incredible thing about the Holy Ghost. 
That's why Jesus said, I have to leave, because Jesus said, I can only be with you 12 if I'm standing here on earth for a while. But he says, man, if I go to the Father, I can send you a gift, and he's going to be the Holy Ghost, and he can be with you, and you, and you, and you, and when you're going through hardship, all at the same time, and you're like, man, how is that to be? That is the power of the Holy Ghost inside of our lives. And he says, I want an intimate friendship with you. I want an active part of your life. And he says, I have great things in store for you. But here's my concern, is that in the Bible, we see three roles of God. And this is what we call in the theological terms, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here's my fear, is that you're gonna know the Father and Jesus, and yet never have an intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost. And that's what I want for your life. That's what I want for you as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, because I think there's so much more he has for you. We see these roles in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2. It says this, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ. There's three roles. The amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you, like all of our lives. And so we see three different roles in this passage of scripture. I want to make you very clear of them for just a moment. The first is this, is you need to understand that God the Father, this is the first role, God the Father loves me. This is his role. The Father is up in heaven and he loves you. And for some of you that have entered into this place today, this is an issue that you need to settle in your heart and in your life. Maybe you've never fully come to grips with the facts that there is a God in heaven who loves you and he loves you unconditionally. He loves you in spite of the decisions or choices or things that you've done inside of your life. But the role of the Father, the role of God is that he is a Father in heaven that loves you. For some of you, you struggle with this concept because you didn't have an earthly father that really loved you that way. And you think to yourself, man, I gotta do something to get the love of my father, but you don't have to do anything. That you need to understand that God loves you with an everlasting love and he wants to be in that relationship with you. God's not mad at you. He just simply misses you. And if you don't have this love of the father inside of your life, he wants you to come back into that relationship. See, the Bible tells us that we are so valuable to God. You see, the value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. Like you may think it's junk, but if somebody's willing to pay a lot of money for it, guess what? It's no longer junk. And that's how God sees our life. He says, you are so valuable to me that I'm willing to give everything for you. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his son because God the Father loves me. The second thing you need to understand though is that God the Son saves me. This is the second role of the Trinity. The Father loves me, the Son saves me. So he sent his Son into the world to give his life for you and me. It's the grace of Jesus. Jesus stepped down in this world and he paid the bill for you and me. He paid it. He's like, I got this tab. You ran it up high. It was more expensive than you could ever pay. And he says, you know what? I'm gonna step into this world. I'm gonna pay the bill for you. And that's the role of the Son, that God the Son saves me. But there's a final role. And that's the role that the Holy Spirit plays inside of our lives. And so I don't want you to stop at God the Father loves me and God the Son saves me. And understand this and make sure we're very clear about it. I'll keep saying this over and over again. That if you embrace God the Father loves me and and God the Son saves me, guess what? You can spend eternity with Jesus Christ. You can. The Bible says that that's, that's it. But I do believe there's a third role that makes this whole relationship with Jesus Christ come alive, church. That's what I want for your life is, as I want you to understand that God the Father loves you, that God the Son saves me, come into a right, right, right relationship with Jesus Christ, but then begin to experience the fullness of everything that he has for you. And the third role is this, is that God the Holy Spirit is with me. 
He is with me. He wants an intimate relationship with you. And he wants to live and reside inside of your life. And this is so powerful in your life and in my life. The Bible actually tells us this, that the same Spirit that brought Jesus back to life is alive in you and in me. That's the type of power that he wants to give. Like we read the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're like, man, that's so amazing. That's so awesome. And Jesus says, that's the same spirit that resides in you and resides in me when we embrace the role of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit inside of my life. And we need this. Because you can be a Christian. You can be a follower of Jesus. But you could be missing out on the power of the Holy Ghost inside of your life. Let me close with this story. Several years ago, I had the opportunity to uh, be on a vacation in, um, in the Dominican, actually. And uh, it was actually with a couple people from the church here, and we were at this resort. And uh, the resort had Hobie Cats. Anybody know what a Hobie Cat is? It's a little sailboat. And uh, it's like a little two-person sailboat. And, and so we go over to this area, and we're like, hey, we want to we use one of the Hobie Cats. And the guy at the, the booth looked at me, he goes, have you ever used one of these Hobie cats? And I didn't lie to him. I'd been on one one time. And so I told him, yes, I've used the Hobie cat before because they weren't gonna let us take it if I told him no. We put the Hobie cat in the water. He quickly looks at me and he's like, you don't know what you're doing, do you? And I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. He goes, one lesson. And he begins to take the ropes and it begins to move the sails. And he says, hey, if you wanna go this way, you gotta catch the wind from this side. And if you wanna go this way, you gotta catch it from that side. And, and you need to maneuver these ropes to catch the wind. So we hop in this Hobie cat and we catch the wind and, and we begin to fly out into the ocean. It was awesome. And then we get out into the middle of the ocean. And you know what happens? We lost the wind. <laughs> and we sat there and we're like bobbing around and we're, we're trying to move it back and forth. And for a few moments, we're like, man, we don't even know if we're gonna be, we're gonna be stuck here in the middle of the ocean. They're gonna have to come out and get us. It's gonna be so embarrassing. And then all of a sudden the wind picked up and we caught the wind and we start taking off. Honestly, we started taking off so fast, we thought we were about ready to tip the Hobie cat, and that was going to be embarrassing too. We're like jumping to the other side of it. And we get back there, and then all of a sudden we got stuck again. And I go, man, we just need the wind to begin to blow into our sails. Can I tell you something? I think a lot of that's how we are as followers of Jesus Christ. Is there's a lot of us, we've, we've put our trust and our faith and our confidence in Jesus Christ. We're in the boat. But you feel like you're at the middle of sea, and you're in the middle of the ocean and you feel like you're stranded and you know what you need inside of your life you need to put the sail up and not only do you need to put the sail up you need the breath of the Holy Spirit to breathe into you so that this thing begins to take off and your life begins to go in the direction that God has for you and can I tell you something when we would catch the wind man it was the most exciting thing to be out in the ocean sailing across that thing and we're diving in and diving back and all of a sudden it became so alive to us but man it was a struggle when we were in the middle of the ocean and it seemed like there was no wind or no breath and some of you maybe you've walked into this place today and the honest truth is, is you're a follower of Jesus Christ. But man, it just feels like there is no wind in your sail. There feels like there is no breath. And I just want to say to you today, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need the Ruach. You need the Numa to begin to fill your life again. You need to allow that spirit to breathe back into your marriage. You need to allow that spirit to breathe into your family. You need to allow that spirit to breathe into the emotions and the struggles that you're going through or the uncertainties that you're going through inside of the life. And when you allow that spirit to breathe, I'm telling you, you will find the fullness of life that God has intended for every one of his followers. We need 
the Holy Ghost. It's not mystical. It's not out there. It is practical and it is relevant for your life and my life today. We need his spirit breathing into our lives. Can you give Jesus Christ one more ovation of praise in this place? Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me this morning as we close in the song today. There's two things I want to ask you with every head bowed and every eye closed. For some of you, maybe you've walked into this place today. And if you're really honest with me, maybe you've never completely reconciled the fact that God the Father loves you and God the Son saves you. And you would look at me today and say, Aaron, I need to get my relationship right with Jesus Christ. I need to know that I experience that relationship with Jesus Christ in a way that I've never experienced it before. And I just want to tell you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He paid a high price for you. And before you leave this place today, you can know and experience that relationship. You can be in a right relationship with God. The Bible says it's easy. Just admit to your sinner. Believe about what Jesus did on the cross for you, and you shall be saved. If you believe, you belong, is what the Bible tells us. If you're here today and you say to me, Aaron, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but man, I want to make things right with him today. Would you just slip up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray over you today. And I just want to lead you in a prayer that'll make you into a right relationship. Maybe you're watching online or at home. If that's you, we can pray with you today and you can enter into that right relationship. Amen. Amen. Second thing is I just want to pray for some of you specifically. I pray that all of us would begin to open up our hearts to what God wants to do over the next several weeks and pouring out his spirit inside of your life. Maybe you've been really pushed back on it. And I hope if that's been you, that you'll come with an open mind and an open heart to all that God wants to do inside of your life and that you'd embrace the fullness of his spirit. But for some of you, maybe you've walked into this place today and the honest truth is, is you just need a breath of fresh air. Man, life has been overwhelming. There's difficulties in your family or your marriage or your business or your job or physically with some healing that you need. And I just believe as we close in this final song, I believe the spirit of God just wants to breathe some air into your sails. I believe he just wants to allow that breath just to begin to breathe into you. And it can be so real and so practical here for you today. But if you're here today and you say, Aaron, man, there's just something going on and I just need the breath of the Holy Spirit. I need him just to move in this situation, in sickness or my family or whatever it may be. Would you just raise your hand in this place? If you'll acknowledge it today, I believe God just wants to breathe on you today. I just believe God wants to breathe inside of your life today. Amen. Amen. I see those hands. I see those hands. Here's what I want to ask you to do as I pray over us. If you're comfortable in this place today, would you just lift both hands to heaven? And what that simply means is, God, I surrender. This is a posture to God that says, Holy Spirit, pour out in my life. And, and I just want to take a moment. I just want to ask God to do that once again inside of this place. And this team's going to come lead us in a song. And I want the breath of the Holy Spirit to breathe inside of us again. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today, Father, right here in this moment, God, we posture our hearts simply to say, God, if you have it and I need it, God, pour all of it into me, Lord, that you want today, God. So, God, we stand before you, God, as empty vessels, Lord. And, God, there's people, Lord, all throughout this place today, God, they just need a breath of fresh air. God. God, they're going through things, God. There's difficulties that they're facing in life, God. Maybe they need healing today, God. God, maybe they just need encouragement, Lord. God, maybe they need you to show up in a way that they had never experienced before, God. Maybe life has just been so overwhelming and they feel so broken and tired and exhausted in this place today, but God, I pray, Father, that the wind of your spirit
spirit, God, that they would just begin to feel something on the inside of them, God. God, the wind is unseen, but God, your presence is here, Lord. And so, God, even as we pray, God, right now, God, I just pray that they begin to feel your spirit, God, move inside of them, God. Let them know, God, that it's going to be okay. Let them know that you are with them, Lord, that you have not left them, nor have you forsaken them, but God, that your Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us today, God. God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would continue to draw us into a right relationship with you, God. God, for those who have never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God, today we just confess, Lord, that we need you, Lord, that, God, that we are sinners, God, and that, God, we need your grace inside of our lives, Lord. So, God, we thank you for what you did on the cross, Lord. And, God, we ask, Lord, that you would invade our lives, God, and that, God, that you would breathe new life into us, Lord, today, God. And so, God, today we sit in the sailboats of our life, God. God, we put up the sail, God. And, God, I pray the breath, God, the fresh breath of your Holy Spirit begin to breathe and move in this place today, God. And, God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, Lord. God, we want all that you have for us today. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship God. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. We hope this message helped you to connect with God and connect with others. Be sure to click the subscribe button to stay up to date with new messages each and every week. For more information about our church or for an opportunity to give to this ministry, simply go to victoryhill.org. Thank you, and we hope you have an amazing week.